Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, I am sitting here with one of my all-time favorite people, Coral, please. Thank you so much for finally doing this, Coral. We've been trying to get together forever, over a year. I don't know, I know, and I don't know how we could have been out for the last two months and still been too busy, but yeah, so thank you, it's great to be here. Finally, you're gonna recognize quite completely how incredible Coral pleases and you're going to know exactly why I love her so much. Everybody loves Coral. So let me introduce you to Coral Please. So Coral Please is the founder and owner of Cutting Loose Salons. She's an internationally known salon industry visionary and master stylist. Coral has brought innovation to the beauty industry with her protege stylist training program developing the next generation of best-in-class stylists. As founder of the award-winning Cutting Loose Salons, when you ask Coral about her secret, she simply says, advancing your salon experience. This shared vision and commitment to salon service excellence are delivered each day by every stylist and associate at Cutting Loose Salons. Yes, it is. I've witnessed it firsthand. As a passionate salon industry leader, Coral has also created the Please Formula, which we need to talk about, a business consulting practice where she educates and shares her expertise with salon owners nationwide. Coral is revered by her stylists and the many clients they serve, and part of her legacy is having guided and mentored numerous young salon industry professionals to achieve long-term successful careers in the salon industry. Coral also serves as a board director and advisors to organizations, including SPARCC. I'm dying to know what that is, Coral. What's SPARCC? It's our local spark. Um, it's a safe place and rape crisis center. So oh. I've been involved with them for, you know, doing their fashion shows for over 20 years. Um, but I've been on the board now for almost nine. Oh my gosh, Coral. Don't, are you on other boards too? Because I always hear you're doing so many things and I know you don't even have listed here that you're part of Intercofier. You're so, you're, you have so much more <laughs> than what's written in your bio. <laughs> yes, I've served on the board of Intercofier also for over eight years. Um, I'm not actively on the board now, but still, you know, participate and very much support Intercofier. Oh my goodness. Coral, uh, what's that untold story about you to get you where you are today? And why are you so amazing? Why are you such an incredible <laughs> leader? <laughs> Give us your oh, secret. The, well, the, Tina, listen, <laughs> the reason we're such good friends is because we certainly have a lot in common. And I just think, you know, super passionate people. And um, I was just reading something on yours. Oh, it must have been on your bio from the email about you know, don't work for money or, you know, uh, what was the other thing you said? Yeah, don't you know. be obsessed with money or success, but rather be obsessed with improvement. That became my quote well, uh, many years ago. <laughs> I, well, I love it. And it really does says it all. I've never worked for mm. the money and I feel blessed that, you know, we do have successful salons and I'm sure we'll talk about that now after going through what we've all gone through, never 
thinking that we could come out the other end. And I think, you know, it's actually going to do some really um, positive things. Like I think some good things are going to come out of this. It didn't seem like it, you know, on St. Patty's Day when we closed and I thought it was going to be two weeks and it was two months. <laughs> but I really am excited about some of the, you know, some of the things that have come out of it. And I think it's going to change salon owners. Like I think once we find how we know cash flow has always been tight on salons. I mean, it just is something, no matter any other owner, if you told them to invest in a business and they told them you were going to make six or 7% profit, they'd be like, uh, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. So you I know, think we're all reality. that. That's the reality. Oh, it's the reality. Oh gosh. Okay. So I, I decided to call this be passionate because that's why you're so successful. <laughs> and, but tell me your why, why you're in this industry, Coral, because I know you wouldn't be passionate if your why wasn't passionate. Well, even for me, um, I went to cosmetology in high school and never thought I'd really do it. I did. I wasn't passionate then. And even my instructor told me, you know, I wasn't lucky enough to go to a Paul Mitchell school, but um, she told me I was very talented. I just needed to find the passion. I'm like, oh, I'm never doing this. Like, I'm never doing hair. You said that? You need uh -huh. to find the passion? Oh, uh, my gosh. Mrs. C. So my 10-year high school reunion, I got to go back and by then. But really, when I found, I was a hairdresser. Um, but when I found my passion really was the first Paul Mitchell show I ever went to. Remember Michael Sandoval was on stage and it was out on Lido Beach here in Sarasota. And I left there thinking, that's what I want to do. I, I want to work for Paul Mitchell. I want to be a platform artist. And I went to my salon and told him that's what I wanted to do. And he said he wasn't going to pick it up. And I left and that was the beginning of my journey. So my passion, definitely, it certainly came with my involvement with Paul Mitchell. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Wow. So Mrs. C, she's kind of that untold story. <laughs> yes. Oh, big bouffant. You know, we always had to tease her hair. And you have to think I was in the 70s. So all we cut was Dorothy Hamels. Like that's all, I, like even now. Yeah. I'm really good with that little wedge thing. <laughs> and then I graduated and was started working the salon and the Farrah Fawcett came out. I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that haircut. I only know how to do. Oh, yes. The Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> I was able to go and see her when I went for a high school reunion. And it was just so great to tell her. And she was, you know, by then I was a salon owner. I was a platform artist. I mean, I was living my dream. So I think for anybody that's in the industry, I love it when you hear people say, oh, I've always wanted to be a hairdresser. I was doing hair when I was 14. You know, mine wasn't that story. But once I found it and it was, being a salon owner, I love doing hair and I, I love being a hairdresser, but I love being a salon owner and an educator more than being a hairdresser. Mm, okay, let's talk about that because I believe that's why you're so successful, Coral, and the mere fact. Let's, so let's talk about being a successful salon owner because I believe that this crisis is going to separate the players from the pretenders. I've been saying that. Oh, yeah. And the players are making plays right now. Uh, and I know I know you're making some plays, so we want to hear about Coral's plays. Actually, I learn a lot from you, Coral, so I follow you, one of my biggest mentors in this industry. So let's talk about that because what do you think is the future of this industry and of salon owners? What do you think is going to make or break them right now? You kind of talked a little bit about uh, fixing your cash flow. Yeah, definitely. 
you know, the ones, um, thankfully, I hope a lot of the salons, you know, were able to get the PPP. But if you don't know, like I was surprised how many salon owners, because I've been on a couple of webinars and stuff. And with the Please Formula, I help other salons. But I'm surprised how many truly successful salons don't have financial advisors. And you have this PPP and it's scary. If you don't know how to utilize it properly, you know, it was never intended to be a loan. Like you don't want to owe, I don't care if it's 1%, you know, and it's having those financial advisors. And I feel blessed. Um, Keith Chandler, I don't know if you remember, he was a Paul Mitchell uh, distributor. He was the president of 365. And he was really my first mentor and coach that taught me about P&Ls and commissions. And he basically told me he came and he worked with us for a couple, you know, a couple days and he walked up and he goes, now Coral, every time you get a new guest, you just give them a dollar and you say, thank you very much. And you send them on their way. Cause that's how much it costs you every time you get a new client. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Cause our PL was, you know, I mean, our commissions were out of whack, everything. So that was probably 20 years ago. And I felt fortunate, you know, and I've kind of followed him ever since. And even what we do now is really more of the UK um, scenario, like the lower commissions, but no product cost. And so our commissions are certainly, you know, in line, like those are the good part. It's all the other stuff, you know, that kills your payroll. But. You have a really strong business plan. And yeah. I think a lot of salons are scrambling right now saying, I've got to get, I have to build a plan. And you're a perfect person to hire. Do you still do coaching with the Please Formula so a salon can hire you, correct? Yes. To help with the program. Talk a little bit about the Please Formula and what it is and how they can hire you because I think some people just need to click off right now and get a hold of you <laughs> and fix their foundation. So how do we get a hold of you and what is it? Well, just like you were talking about, really about being passionate, I started the Please Formula, gosh, it was probably four or five years ago. And it truly was just out of wanting to help salon owners. And you know, Tina, you've had lots of people call me like, I'm very generous with my time. Like I want, I really just want to advance the salon experience for our guests, but also for salon owners. And, um, but the one thing that makes ours unique is we have a three-day owner's visit. And I require that before I do any coaching because most of the time you can come for the three days and you leave there with your light bulbs or you'll know the parts that you have to work on. So the first day is really the education through Protégé. We teach for eight hours every Monday, but we'll talk later because that's part of my new plan. Like that is one of the things that's gonna have to change as far as the cost of education and the Protégé and I'll share a little bit about that. Then the second day is really on the floor. You're working on the front desk, you're working on the floor with our assistants and, um, all of that, but then the third day is really marketing and PL, and they bring their budget, they bring their PL, and we really work with them. And and that I can tell you is the part that most, you know, most salon owners truly need is help with, you know, cash flow and budgets and PLs and Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, that's 
what got them in this pickle in the first place. And yes. I've seen, I've seen a few salons in my area already shut down. I don't know if you've heard of any already shut down coral. I know I'm yes. kind of living in a little bit of a bubble. Uh, so ha what have you seen so far and what do you see the future of the industry? I've heard of numbers is up to 40% are going to be shut down by year end. So what's your thought process on that? I know it's a sad, um, it is definitely a sad thought, but I do, just like you were saying, you know, the people that have a strong culture, so that's the other thing is, I'm surprised, you know, I have know quite a few of friends um, in the salon industry where not all of their team is coming back to work. And so that would be scary. You know, we opened um, two weeks ago, well, our soft opening. And then this Monday was our first um, true day. And we had 100% come back um, from our team. And, but the one thing that we changed is we had 13 protégés when we left on St. Patty's Day in our program. Because the reality was we needed more assistance than we needed hairdressers because we have very busy hairdressers. So we lived in that the only model I know is you have an assist. I mean, when I was working behind the chair, I had two assistants. I would service 15 to 20 guests a day. They would be applying all the colors, doing the blow dries. I was cut. I mean, it was crazy. And um, so just trying to figure out how to slow down. But the guest really wants you. They want your time. They want you to be servicing them. And you charge accordingly for that. So we, we made that shift about a year ago. So we had six protégés that were at level three. They've tested out of almost everything. So a week before we opened, we brought them in every day and they tested out of every haircut, color, highlight. So I was able to put them on the floor as six new stylists because we needed it. We were at 100% capacity, you know, across the board on the locations. So we were able to graduate them. But yeah. the protégés that are still assisting, like, I love them. They're the ones I was afraid may not come back because they can't do hair. They're not really assisting in hair. They're assisting sanitizing and cleaning and wrapping you know, brushes and all this craziness. But they all came back because they saw the future. And this is going to be a short term. Like we're going to be able to get back on track and, and you know, figure out our growth um, protege. But yeah. I do want to do it. Virtual education would have never been accepted by any of us before this happened. <laughs> and it's funny because even our girls, like we're um, Orbe and, you know, the girls love going up to New York and going to the academy. And I wonder what that'll look like. The gathering yeah. you know, in Vegas. But I am, that's what we're working on now. We had been working on doing lots of video and um, on the back of our website is our member site. So really we have this whole catalog of education and wow. we're going to make it more tutorial. Like they will do, you know, maybe two weeks doing on a mannequin. Like you tell them, this is the cut you have to do and a blow dry and a finish. And then every third week is when we bring in the live model and do a test out of certain things where before we had eight hours of education every Monday, eight to 10 assistants in there with two educators, I mean, it cost me $1,500 every Monday when I open the door. Those are the things that are going to have to change. Yeah. I still need to grow hairdressers. I, I will never change that. We, you know, get them from your school whenever possible. But we, you know, handpick, train them, put them on the floor. I'll never change that. But I will change the model on how we do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be in Sarasota for not too long so we can supply your hairdressers for sure. We would love that. This is so powerful. Oh my gosh, we could go on and on and on. I put this as number one, to be passionate. First and foremost, you have to have a strong foundation. And I don't care what business you're in, you got to have a strong foundation because I coach a lot of entrepreneurs, not just in the hair industry core. So I love that you talked about this. You got to have some financial advisors. Like they got to be your best friends. You know, I'm thankful because my husband is my financial advisor. I got an incredible CPA. And then my daughter married a financial advisor. So (laughs) see that? Yeah, smart girl, very smart girl that she did that. Yep. And I love this because you talked about profit first and really understanding your numbers. That's number one. So if you don't turn this off, hire Coral right now, do for a three day owner's visit. I hope you have one real soon, Coral, because people are going to want to be signing up right now after this. And, and I love I want to stay on this first. So I have profit for a strong culture and virtual education, which is going to be huge. Everyone's going to have to go virtual. And same thing as us. We are, we kept dragging our feet of putting together our digital education and our slide. And now they see the need. And so now we're starting to build that. And I love that you have it on your website. Yeah. And it's a membership uh, website. Boom. Drop the mic on that one. Everyone needs to do that. And that was my web guy, you know, when we were putting this all together, he said, you just, it's on the cutting loose site, but it's on the back side. And, and uh, when they're hired, cause we were printing all these paper manuals and then, you know, you try to get the manual back cause you know how important that is. And, mm-hmm. you know, printing manuals and paper. And we finally just put everything on the website. So even when we teach it's, you know, on a screen from the website. Coral, you just changed my whole life. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, every time I talk to you, I need to schedule a lunch date with you. Maybe just virtual uh, coffee oh, date now. All the time. Uh, just, on a regular basis. Like we just have to have yeah. it on the calendar. Please. Yes. This is what a mastermind's all about. And this yeah. is so powerful. Okay. But you said something so big because this is what I think the challenge is. And this is why salons are going to close because you cannot work without people. And so, like you said, people are walking out because there's not strong culture. There's not strong leadership in place in our next level salon leadership. What we do is we spend a whole month just on culture, building your culture systems. And I know your culture system is so strong. And then a whole month just on fixing your leadership, but you never graduate from either one. You have to kind of <laughs> reevaluate it. Talk about that a little bit because people don't quit companies they quit people, A, yeah. and, uh, and 100% have stayed, which is so huge. And I'm watching these platforms. I can't even watch it, Coral. I can't because my heart just cringed. I can't even respond because these salon owners are so mad at their people. And all I want to say is look in the mirror. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as Taylor says, the fish rots from the head. Like that, yes. you know, she's always, but it is, it all starts with your leadership. And I think one of the things that has made Cutting Loose so successful is just like you, Tina, it's like then creating other leaders inside our culture. So we have our leadership group and, you know, even that, that's when we really started Zoom calls. Like we do a book club. We've read your books. And then right now we're doing Brene Brown. Do you ever, have you been following her? I do. I've done masterminds with her book, Dare to Lead. Love it. 
Yeah, so um, that's what we're doing right now, but we do Zoom calls and then once a quarter we have lunch, but once every two years we go away to that Palm Island for a retreat and spend two days. But these young girls, like you have to realize they're in their 20s. Like they haven't had any coaching or, you know, leadership skills yet. They're just naturally leading these other young stylists because they're talented, they're passionate, they love what they do. And so it's my job to teach them, coach them on how to be great coaches. And um, we ask them to serve for two years. And some have served over, but really by that two years, you want to get the next round of the young leaders, you know, and training them. But we've been doing that now. We've been open for 12 years. We've been doing that for eight. And that has been, you know, I definitely think it has been one of our biggest success stories. This is so rare. I can't even begin to tell you how hard it is to, for me to get salon owners to embrace this and why it's so important to build a leadership culture. And, and embrace it. Just doing one-on-ones. Like, that's where it starts. Like, you have to meet with your team. They're like, I don't have time. I go, you don't have time not to. Like, that is... Whenever the owners come, like that is their number one thing. Like you have to sit down and do one-on-ones because they don't understand numbers and they really, it's not so much that they don't care. They just love doing hair and I love that, you know, but you have to, you know, coach them and teach them. So now instead of, I still meet everybody in our company every two weeks, but now I have these floor leaders because they're on the floor. What, you know, I'm not on the floor much. I have been since we reopened every day since, you know, I've done more hair in the last two weeks than I have in months. Wow. Um, but they're the ones out there every day just to be their cheerleaders and check in with them. And so now we've taught them how to do one-on-one. So, you know, during the month, they at least get to be touched a couple times by leadership. And what's that look like? So I love this because we spent a whole month just on communication. This was the area I'd have to say, I thought that I was the strongest in Coral, but during quarantine, I backed off of some of the one-to-ones and I should have never have done that. And that was a big mistake. And something that I've realized is that in order to, cause this is a lot of pivoting going on. Oh and yeah. Do that. You got to get your key personnel on board first. Yeah. And I didn't do that. I took it too big of a team, took it too large. And then uh, peop- there were side conversations happening of, you know, scrambling. And so I'm like, okay, fix your communication, Tina. Let's start over. It's okay. I know you're listening to this and it's okay. Just fix your communication. Talk about how have you communicated through this whole process and have you shifted anything, Coral? And uh, what advice do you give uh, business owners right now? I think in the beginning, we were all like you were saying, shifting, fluid. I mean, I never worked so hard as I did for those two months when we were off because I was on every Zoom call webinar, just trying to learn, you know, as we go. But I know a lot of labor law attorneys and some of our, you know, um, advisors were suggesting that we don't stay in touch with our team because they were all on furlough. And then that could jeopardize, you know, like we can't really say they're working, but I just never believed in that model. And I did stay in touch, you know, through Facebook Mm -hmm. and our leadership. We had probably, you know, three or four Zoom calls and I've always been very transparent. And so even when I was scared, like when I was going for the PPP, so many salon owners were like, oh, I would never tell them I got the money. I'm like, I, uh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then once a week I did um, a video for Facebook for the whole team and just, 
you know, just kept on trying to keep them so they felt safe and they knew that I was taking care of everything. They were learning TikToks and having drinking games. It was hilarious. <laughs> I got on Marco Polo a couple times. I'm like, okay, guys, we'll stick to a Zoom call, but. That's awesome. Oh, I know. I cannot keep up with, with our people with Snapchat. It's just like all day, every day. Oh, now, it's, now it's TikTok. Yeah. Yep. TikTok is big now. Yeah. Everyone's learning all these new things. Okay. So this is so good. So to fix your communication, first of all, you got to be transparent. Let's stay on the PPP for a second. Um, I know the biggest challenge that I've seen with this is the fact that most of our team that's furloughed that's on unemployment okay mm -hmm. uh that they're getting more money yes. than they would have been getting if they come back so so that's why they don't want to come back to work right yes. and to use the ppp money how have you navigated that coral well and so for one thing for my friends that are up north like you in michigan this ppp didn't help you like because you're not open but now, you know, SBA is going in. They are going to extend it. I truly believe between 16 and 24 weeks, that's going to be a game changer for everyone. So oh, great. none of us really knew how to use it, but how I, I personally used it from the advice of my amazing attorney, because my first thought was, well, I need to keep it because I'm going to need cash flow. Like I'm, you know, like we're going to need this as a loan. Mm -hmm. um, but she's the one that really educated me that we, we wanted to use as much as we could that could be forgiven. Right. So we had come up with a salary because your PPP was rated on two and a half months of your salary. So I took all of our stylists and as you know, you've been in our salon, we have some amazing, you know, a couple graduated from you that are, I mean, they're heavy hitters. They're making a lot of money. So I guarantee them a salary or commission, whichever is greater, because they are scared. They're like, how are we going to make the same amount of money? You know, but I have always believed even what I was kind of talking about is like spend t more time with your guests, charge more money, do more services. When we're booked back to back, like they'll come in and you have them down for a base color, you know, touch up, but you really need highlights, but you don't have time for highlights. So it's base color touch up and they're out the door. So um, giving them that guarantee, because I had the guarantee of the money, really made them comfortable knowing coming back. It's like, listen, we're going to figure this out together. But I truly believe we have two teams where they're working three 11-hour days, you know, 10 to 11-hour days. Mm -hmm. So they're still getting their health insurance with the 32 hours. So they're still working the same amount of days, but they're really doing half of the guests. But since these two weeks that we've been open, I mean, we're 100% productive and our average ticket is really twice as much as it was. So they are making the same amount of money and we're projected for the week like it was any other week. So, but of course now there's like a line of people, you know, waiting to get in. But if we're smart with this, we will continue and they will pay for it and we'll get to work smarter, you know? And Very cool. So you are paying your team a salary right now instead of commission then? Or commission. So I told them, you know, I'm going oh, okay. to do this, but Friday will be the end of our payroll tomorrow. I, I still don't know what day it is. I must also confuse. I know. I don't either. Today's Friday. So today's yeah. the end of our pay period. We looked at it and 70% of them made their commission. So. Yeah. So, so it'll be basically salary versus commission, whichever is more. So right. Okay. I love it. I gave them that 
confidence, you know. Instead of hourly, it's salary. It's like, yeah. okay, we're gonna immediately, okay. I you this much, and if you make commission, then you'll get that. But, and it also honored them, because a lot of the masters and those high up level stylists, I mean, we had eight weeks. We had, I don't know, what did we count? Like 4,000 appointments, you know, that we had to get back on. And, and again, transparent, we opened the week before and I, I put them on the salary the week before. Thank God we got to open when we were supposed to, but they called all of our VIPs. You know, I gave them a list of all of their guests. And so they got to book in their most important guests, which made them feel important too. Yeah. And so they were booked up like a month already, but they got to get their favorite people in about four days until we opened up the phone lines. And then for some of the guests that didn't get the phone call, which were mostly haircuts, you know, they were totally, I, I've been amazed how sweet everybody has been. Well, most everybody, you know, we always have a few, but... <laughs> We're like, okay, your first opening's June 15th. And they're like, okay, I'll take it. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's incredible, Coral. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here's what I put down. Number one, we've already focused on fix your foundation. And that is a profit for a strong culture, virtual education. Uh, number two, uh, fix your leadership. So create a leadership culture. And I love that you do masterminds and you study books with your team. I, did, listen, I, learned, I learned that from you, Tina. Thank you. When I first started mastermind, I remember Zooming when I was in the Bahamas. I was like, this is so cool. talking." But no, I learned that from I'm you. Almost, um, I'm having a blonde moment. Who is that? Did you follow Max? Who are you with? You're a coach. John Maxwell. Oh yes, to the John Maxwell team. And then you took you took some of my very first masterminds. Thank yes. you for supporting me because we've had we've been doing incredible. We have so many salon owners on our masterminds, Coral, yeah. on Monday night. And then I do one on Tuesday nights now too. So it's no, like no. ongoing. I mean, I just took what you taught me and I put it into the leadership and carried on. And then now I've gone into other um, books, but no, absolutely. That's where, wow. that's where I learned it from, was from your mastermind classes. Tell me what that looks like for you. Talk to the salon owners right now, because I'm always trying to get them to do this. Of course, this is right. like, hey, what I'm doing with you, you need to do with your team. So give us the day in the life of how you do masterminds. Well, so first how we choose the leaders is we send out Survey Monkey and ask the stylist who they think is a leader. So even some of them that have been chosen didn't see themselves as leaders, you know, like they would never uh, uh, want to say, I want to apply for that, or I want to do this. So it is the team that, you know, votes to see who the leader leaders are. And um, originally I did pay them a little more in commission. It's not a lot of work, but it is, you know, more work. Um, I did change that a couple of years ago and put it as a separate line item only because they never really see it in their commission. Um, so then we do meet, we, we get a book. We've read so many good to great, fierce conversations. I mean, so many books have been a game changer for us. I'm very excited about Brene Brown, but we just started it in January and then we kind of fell off, you know, track. And, um, now that we're all working opposite days, it's like, when are we going to have, we had them on Monday nights, but now the girls work till eight o'clock. So we're going to have Sunday brunch and have our, you know, zoom call and, and we just take turns. There's 19 of them in the Zoom and we take, you know, five minutes and just share what they got out of, you know, each chapter. And Okay. So give, 
All right, explain this. So you pay them. I do pay them. To do this, and how much do you pay them? I, I um, originally it was like, you know, a couple percent on top of it, but now I pay them. It ends up being about 3,500 a year. So maybe 125 every pay period, which is wow. a investment. So, okay, so you have 19 people on. How long does that last that they're going through this book club then? Um, that's what I was saying. They're usually on for two years. Now, two remember. Years. Okay. Two years. Okay. Okay, so a two-year program, and you are doing books, like new yeah. books every time for two years. Okay, yeah. and you pay them 100 and how much a week? 125 every uh, every two weeks, so okay. it's a pay period. It ends up wow. being 3500 a year. So wow. it's an investment, Yeah, you know how much I travel. Like that is one thing I said, I'm an extrovert that is a hugger and loves to travel. So none of this is comfortable for me. Um, but, so you're paying them to read and learn leadership skills. Yep. Wow, Coral, you're an amazing owner. You're unheard of. I love this so much. Wow. Okay, my team's going to be like, hey, Tina, when are you going to pay me? <laughs> and I'm like, you need to pay me. <laughs> I know, but it's, you know what, and I totally understand that, because I didn't always pay them. Yeah. I didn't always pay them, but then I just saw the value, and remember, yeah. solar floor leaders, one is one of the girls that does our marketing, um, three of them are our educators, so you know Nikki and Katie, they were my educators, it was me, then they taught, I had to recreate them, so now it's Sydney and Jules, because even that, you're always having to reinvent them, because in education, they definitely do it because they're passionate. I can't pay them as much as they make on the floor. Like they're giving up that day to teach those protégés because they love it. But they're only going to do that for so long, you know? And then you have to create the next generation of educators. So now our educators, Sydney is only, I think she had her four year anniversary and she's an educator now in the salon. And these protégés look up to her and feel like they can emulate her because she can relate to them. Where a master after 12 years and is charging, you know, $100 for a haircut, they look at it and go, oh, I could never be like that, you know? Yeah. So you're paying them $125 a week to also train protégés. Then tell me what they're, what you, what are you getting out of the 125? Give me the okay. load. So the floor leaders get paid the 125 every two weeks. So let's call it 75. Oh, or, you know, every like, two weeks. Yes. Okay. So it's $70 a week. 70 a week. 70 a week. But the educators don't get that because they get paid when they teach on Mondays. Okay. But it still ends up being, I mean, some of my educators were making, you know, gosh, 7,000 a year. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. But they did everything. I mean, they ran it, they taught it, they, you know, coached the protégés and stuff. So we pay them hourly. And again, my master, you know, Katie and Nikki, I paid them high hourly wages because of what they were earning. So now going with our newer stylists, I still pay them well, but not as much. Mm -hmm. And then they will grow up into that, you know, level, but it just keeps the energy, you know, the energy going, which is, I think what works. Yeah. Is this um, everything that you train in the please formula and the course yes. that you take? So yeah. how they can implement this system and a paid system. Yeah. It's so good. Wow. Okay. 
And then um, I put down, because we talked about in this the beginning, and I want to dig a little deeper because I love it, um, to never work for the money, you said. You said, I never worked for the money. And the money just, and I know what you're saying, because the money just comes. And my quote is, don't be obsessed with money or success, but rather be obsessed with improvement. It's always been. And, uh, and I think when you keep your eye on improvement, all of a sudden, the money just comes. You know, obviously, we can't run our business without money. <laughs> Right. And so talk a little bit about that. Where's that? What's that untold story for you, Coral? So I think um, I would just, you know, I started as a hairdresser and learned how to make really good money behind the chair. So when I became the salon owner, and I think this is another thing that we make the mistake. Anthony Whitaker talks about it all the time. You know, the owner should not be the busiest stylist in the salon. If you are, that's the first mistake because you don't have time to do everything else. So it's you training, coaching, teaching other hairdressers how to be the most successful in the salon. And like now I have um, one of our amazing master stylists is now gonna be opening another location with me. So you take them for protege, then you teach them how to be amazing hairdressers, then some of those hairdressers into leaders, and then some of those leaders into salon owners. Because honestly, especially after this, I do not want any more salons. I love mine, but it's a, it's a big, it's an animal. <laughs> How many salons do you have right now? We have the two, um, cause we have, and then we have the Academy, but we didn't reopen the barbershop during this time. Right. So, and that was, I mean, a lot of owners can look at, so you talk about going down, you know, but I don't look at that as a failure. I look at that as that was a learned opportunity and a lot of people, shared with us about barbershops and I think there is a place for it but it's just a completely different model and a completely different culture so it was only six months old it took all of our cash because we didn't get a loan like we totally built it with cash gotcha. and growing barbers the difference was like we finally had to find a barber to train them um because we couldn't I couldn't do that where that's we could with protege and we closed after six months and the clients were there. It was finding trained, you know, high level barbers. Mm -hmm. So when we left, we had seven. And within, you know, these two months being off, keeping, you know, retaining 100% of all of our stylists, I think only two of the barbers were going to come back out of seven. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not working that hard for no money. You know, we'll just lick our wounds and move on. Good for you. Way to, I had to do that years ago uh, with our first salon and we were, we had so many wounds, you know, and I was just like, you know what? I can't continue to bleed this cash yep. anymore. This is killing us as a family. We need to be done with this. And, you know, I learned, like you said, I learned and years later, I, you know, I coach everything that I learned, <laughs> but this, okay. Talk to that salon owner. That's like, okay, Coral. Now, listen, I'm making, you know, $100,000 behind a chair. And now you're telling me to step away from behind the chair. I don't think I can feed my family doing that and just training hairdressers. Like, walk me through, walk that salon owner through of the reality of this. And how can you get, get from behind the chair financially? Is, I mean, listen, it's scary. When I opened Cutting Loose 12 years ago, I was working behind the chair five days a week. I was, but I was it. Like I only had Travis and I, 
and five assistants that we were training to be hairdressers, you know? Um, and I taught every Monday and I was the bookkeeper and I did it all, which I'm happy about because I learned it all. Um, but then getting a coach, Lauren Gartland, um, was definitely played a big part for that. And Gary Alquest was my coach. And so you baby step it. So you work four days and then you just spend one day on management and then you go to three. When I got to three, I was still making the same, which is what we, what we coach our stylists. It's like, you will make the same amount of money in three days as you do in five if you charge properly, you know? Yes. So that's what I was doing. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I'm still making the same amount of money because I kept upping my prices. And um, so then the next step was, this is what I take for a set, you know, this is what I'm making behind the chair. It's kind of like what I'm doing with the stylist now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay myself a salary. Like I'm going to pay myself this much, no matter how much I'm bringing in. And then if I can't do it, you know, you almost have to just like jump in and trust. And yeah. that is definitely what happened because then I, I had the time to build all these other stylists. And so now, you know, in a PL, that bottom part that's cash flow, that that's the part that's never there in the end. Mm -hmm. That's where I get paid from is in the cash flow. You know, yeah. I was in the top and it definitely looked scary on a PL when I put myself with the stylist, but you know, yeah, a good financial advisor like Gary and he pushed me, you know, that's yeah. what you need a good coach to say, yes, you can, because you do not want to keep working five days a week behind the chair. I mean, that is when you know how I feel about, you know, booth rental. Like I do believe there is a place for that for everyone. But if you want to be a salon owner, don't be a booth rental in your own salon because that's basically what you're doing. You know, if you want to be a salon owner, you have to have the passion to grow other stylists. Yeah. Yeah, that's just it. Be passionate about people. Yes. That's, yeah. Let's talk about that here in a moment. And I love that you talked about, uh, but pay yourself first. Yes. Because otherwise you become like this martyr, yeah. you know, and where you're just so angry. I watch, I watch a hairstylist just be so angry at their staff. And yeah. I know why, because they weren't making any money. And I think, you know, all of our students, so, you know, Coral, I just uh, talked to some brand new students today because we're, we started a new class and all of them. That's so exciting. So in Florida, yeah. you started a new class? Yes. So we're still virtual. Um, we're going to be doing hybrid very soon, uh, right. which I'm really excited about. But I'm telling you, like our students, I'll ask them who wants to be a salon owner. And it's maybe two hands that don't go up. They I know. They want to be salon owners, yes. which I think is awesome. And so for me, it's educating them. Okay, so why do you want to be a salon owner? That's why I went back to you, Coral. Why do you want to be a salon owner? And if it's for the money, like be careful. Because, and you just said it, we said never work for the money. Because yeah. you'll just, you'll burn, you'll crash and burn. And I think most people, this is, I was talking to the students today. I said, you're going to go to a salon and let's pretend like they pay you 50% commission. Obviously 50% is too much as we yeah. know. Uh, but let's just pretend. And so I'll say, then you're probably thinking that the salon owner is taking 50%. Yeah. I said at the most, maybe five or seven percent of what you're bringing in. The reality is the only way a salon can make money is off of retail. Yeah. Right? 
And so give, like, talk a little bit about that right now, because I have a lot of future professionals across the country that listen to the B-Series podcast, and we're starting next level of podcasts, uh, Salon Leadership too. Uh, so talk to them right now and talk to salon owners right now. What's your opinion on this? Well, the first thing I'd share is um, Kelly, my partner that's going to be opening in Parish, but now we just lost the anchor again, you know, which was Lowe's. So thankfully, I think it'll be a while because I'll keep Kelly as long as she'll stay. Um, but I took her for coffee and I said, you have to tell me, why do you want to be a salon owner? And, um, you know, she said all the right things. She's also was a Paul Mitchell educator, so she's amazing. Um, but I said, because if it's for the money, I mean, her W-2 is, I mean, it's close to 200000 <laughs> uh -huh. And so I said, you have to know it's going to be a long time before you make that kind of money when you're the one having to build your culture, you know, build your brand. But she said all the right things. Like, she really wants to be a leader. She really wants to be a coach. She wants, and, and I believe it, you know. But the part about the retail is... And um, thankfully, that's how we motivate our team. I mean, 10% isn't going to motivate anybody. You have to figure out the other things. And that's where one-on-ones come. Because they're five minutes. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes if they have life things going on, obviously, it does go over. But it's how are you doing? How can I help you? Let's look at your numbers. Because it's always about getting to the next level, right? And so it's service, retail, retention, you know, rebooking. And so looking at that. And when they're not up to that level, then, you know, they'll know. But I am definitely, I'm, we're very um, product, you know, driven and for retail. And that's one of those good things that I think came out of this is I don't think the guest really knew that they hurt you when they went to Ulta and bought their products or ordered online. Because listen, I'm in, you know, I have Bumble and Orbe and they sell online. And I'm like, how can you do that? You know, like you're taking it away from me. But now I think if anything the client, the guest totally understands about shop local and support your local, you know, salon and buy your retail there because that is, you know, that's how we'll stay open. That's how we'll stay open. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they know. I mean, obviously, I think it's given us a little bit more confidence to share now. Yeah. Like, hey, save our salon, buy our products. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. some of the product companies did come through and they were great because um, Orbe being one of them, like they gave the salon 50%. So we had a link on our website that we sent out with our emails because we weren't doing curbside and the guest went there and I got 50%. Honestly, if we continue that, why would I invest all the money to have all the retail on I the shelf? I would just send them to the website. <laughs> yes, I know. I think we're going to be shifting the way we do business. Yes. I'm excited about that. What do you see for the future of shifting our businesses? Well, I do think the product companies, um, I'm very, Daniel Kaner is the CEO of Orbe. I love him. He has been a mentor of mine as well. And I think all the product companies, including Paul Mitchell, now is seeing like they have to help the salons be able to retail. And I understand like they have the ability to do online shopping, you know, online stores. We were looking and we still have the ability to do it with our new software. But in the leadership we're talking, is this really where we want to focus our energy? You know, is this really, because it's going to, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Well, how great would it be if the Paul Mitchells and the Orbeys were like, okay, you order from our website and we'll send it to the guest, the client, and we're going to give you the money. 
So you're still keeping inventory on hand, but you're not losing that customer. But I know, you know, I know most of the manufacturers are looking at that. Yeah, I've heard the same too. And I'm really excited about that as well too. I think there's going to be a big change. So I put down um, number three was get a coach. I love it that you talked about yeah. that. And you have a coach and you all, and I do too. I always have a coach, you know, I always have to have somebody speaking in my ear to go to the next level. Like we, we never are, we never reach the level that we're supposed to be at our God, given you know, I yeah. love that. And definitely hire, um, the coral for the police formula. I love <laughs> that. So what else do you think to is going to be required to be passionate because I know that you have to be passionate to be a leader. What else do you think is required of salon owners, salon leaders? You know, walk the walk, you know, talk the talk. Like you can't say one thing and do something else. I see that a lot. Like even platform artists that talk about hair, but they aren't behind the chair. Like I find that hard because behind the chair is hard, you know, but you, transparency, walking the walk, knowing that, listen, even after this whole cleaning of the salon, it was kind of nice. I, when you had come in, you said you loved it because we had to put all the tchotchke stuff away, you know, which I like the, you know, the tchotchke stuff, but we totally cleaned the salon. But, you know, I was in there with my shark, you know, Swiffer thing, cleaning the bathrooms, the toilets, Michael was there. We're painting all the vents from the, you know, air conditioners. I wouldn't expect them to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And I think that, you know, is one of the yeah. things the salon owners, like they have to trust that you have their back. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Yeah. Walk the, walk the walk, talk yeah. the talk, be the example. Yeah. I love that. That's so powerful, Coral. Coral, oh my gosh. I know that I could have you on for hours and just really, really pick your brain on so many areas and, <laughs> Of course, I definitely, one of these days, want to take your course, too, because I know I'm going to learn so much through that process. So what else uh, did you want to share with us as we finish this out? And what's the best way to get a hold of you to get into one of your coaching programs? Okay. Um, well, the, to get into the coaching programs, it's on our website, cuttingloose.net, or also thepleaseformula.com. Please is my married name. I mean, Michael, you've met him. He's a handsome guy, but I, I got to marry into that great name. I wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't mine, but it works great. The please formula. And um, so you can find it on there. Um, but mm -hmm. the big thing is that I want all the salon owners and all the stylists and everybody that is listening to this is to, like we all went through the panic mode. The first two weeks were scary. I mean, they were scary. But then the longer we were off, the more they had time. And that's what I was hoping most of the salon owners were doing. Like, it was not quarantine for me. I mean, at four o'clock, I probably started happy hour. It's a little late now, but I'm working again too. But, <laughs> um, but I was working every day to think of what it could look like differently. Like, I'm excited about the split shift, the double shifts. Like, it's something I've tried to do forever. Lakewood Ranch, we have 14 stations and we have 14 hairdressers. Either we have to open another salon or we have to double shift. Well, nobody wants to do it. And, you know, everybody has like, I don't want to work nights. I don't want to work Saturdays. I don't want to. But now it was great. It was like, going, okay, we have two teams. You work Monday, Wednesday, alternating Friday, Saturday. You're on team B. You're Tuesday, Thursday. And I don't see us ever going back. I see us staying on these shifts. And um, so even for the uh, big salon, 
when there's 40 people there, you were there, you know, you and Brian, it's crazy. I mean, I love it. It's fun, but like the size of a palmetto school. Yeah. <laughs> it's so big. And it was crazy. So mm -hmm. now it's like, you're still generating the same amount of money, but it does create more personalization and stuff. So double shifting clients, focusing on retail and having the stylist, like now just to tell them our girls are pretty good because they want to win all those prizes. Like we had eight of them going to gathering and now I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? Yes. And um, so that the virtual education, just thinking outside the box mm -hmm. and um, booking online. Like we had time, like I never had time to learn my new software. We just picked up forest and I love it. Yeah. But I never had time to really learn it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you I think a lot of really good things for the salons that survive. I think we're going to come out learning a lot of great things. And, and being, we should have always been into sanitation. I mean, we've always prided ourselves. Like we definitely have a clean salon, but just like we were just talking before we went on, like good luck finding barbicide. Like, <laughs> and you have to dump it every night. I'm like, really? <laughs> There's the opportunity. We need to make our own barbicide. <laughs> we need to get into and be our own chemist. I love this. There's well, a great opportunity. Cleaning companies. Yes. Salon cleaning company. Tina, I'll call it Tina Clean. Please formula <laughs> and Tina Clean. I love it. How will you continue to maintain your passion and what advice do you give people as we end oh, this up? Anybody that knows me knows, like, I know a lot of salon owners talk about the millennials and how, you know, nah, they are who ignite me. Like, I love being around them and and if you have millennials that you feel that way about, it's because they don't have the right leader or you have the wrong millennial. Because I can tell you from the 70 people, 70 team members that work with us, 80% of them are millennials. Wow. That's a lot. I love it. Yeah. Now we're calling them quarantennials. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I have four pregnant girls. Four. Oh my. Wow. That's incredible. I, I knew that. A couple of them obviously were pregnant before, but then a couple got pregnant during quarantine. So, and that's just one weekend. Who knows how many more are going to pop up. Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you so much, Coral. I love you. Thank you for being a part of this Be Passionate series. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.